I feel to just go straight into the message this morning because this, the, the worship actually was ordained of the Holy Spirit as it usually is. And the message is actually reinforced by the song we sang about, I want to speak the name of Jesus. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you to believe the Lord with me that he will speak to each of our hearts. And as we conclude the message today, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, I, I see in my spirit uh, that we're gathered here at the front in the altar. And we're crying out to God together in new commitment and in fresh anointing and the purpose of God in our own personal lives. And so if you will, keep your Bibles handy. I have scripture that I'm going to put on the screen for you. But agree with me now, will you, that God will have his way in his word. Our Father, how grateful we are to sense your wonderful presence here this morning. You're here in each of our lives, for each of our lives, to do something eternal in each of our lives. We present ourselves to you today, Lord. We want to be without spot, without wrinkle. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in each of our hearts. Lord, I believe that by your presence already, you are putting the enemy to flight. Demons are trembling. The power of the name of Jesus and the authority of that name is before us and acknowledged among us here now in the name of Jesus. And we give you glory and honor for doing what you long to do for each of us. Lord, we are overjoyed that you take delight in doing wonderful things for your children. You take delight in blessing your children. You take delight in healing your children and providing the sons and daughters of the faith. We bless you for that in your wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. The title and the theme of my message comes from Matthew 11, verse 12. And uh, you can see, I want to ask you, did, 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 was that an emotion or was that a still this morning? It was a still. Well, when I sent that to these guys, that bear was walking and he was moving. The message foundation is in verse 12 of Matthew 11. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has forcefully advanced and the strong take it by force. Now the King James says, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. But this is a more realistic translation in our understanding in English. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven has forcefully advanced. There is strength. There is aggression. There is no nonsense. And he, in, he ends the verse by saying, the strong take it by force. Take what? The kingdom of heaven the reign of God, the authority of the name of Jesus, the, the, the presence of God in every situation. And so emphasize with me strong 
as well as by force. Now, for many, many years, in fact, almost 50 years, some of you are aware that one of my life verses has been Joshua 1, verse 9. And that passage says, be strong and courageous in verse 6. Verse 7 says, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So the word of God is our foundation. Now listen to Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. So you, my son, be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus, that is in our Lord Christ Jesus. He writes to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 6, verse 10, after having given us that litany of armor for those who are in the army of the Lord, the belt plate, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, the helmet, all of this, the sword. And then he says in verse 6, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So the, 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 the phrase be strong is an encouragement to all who follow Christ and who are devoted to God. You are listening with us and worshiping with us at home. Please stay with us because I want to help you this morning. Many of you could not be here today, and we understand. Please know that we're taking every precaution. We're, we're cleaning everything. We're spraying. We have special uh, uh, chemicals, if you will, uh, for that purpose. And uh, so there's a great deal of caution so just know that and let the Lord lead you, and we welcome you to be with us here. There's nothing like being in person, as you know. And so we miss you. And with Pastor Josh, we thank God for what he's doing in the lives of those who have been sick, and we have still some in the hospital. And we thank God for what they're doing, what God is doing in their lives. Amen? And so this is God's declaration to you and to moment and to me. Now, you already know without me telling you that the moment you declare your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil jumps on you with all force. And he will do his best to align the battle against you because his primary aim is to get you back to himself and in his kingdom. You see, when you become a follower of Jesus, you are now translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But the devil will never succeed as we follow Jesus. Amen? The devil will never succeed. The Bible says he's a thief. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. But Jesus, again, promises, I came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And the Bible also says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So as believers, we need to understand the meaning of that term, be strong. It's not in your own power. It's not in your own ability. In fact, the psalmist said, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. In other words, human strength and implements. But he goes on to say, we trust in the living God. Hallelujah. So our trust and our confidence is in God. Now remember, Jesus said, the strong take it by force. I want you to let's spend some time with that a little bit for the concept that's underlying that.
The Greek term that describes that concept is ekbalo. Can you say that with me? Say that out loud. Ekbalo. Ekbalo. It's a word that's used, I find, again and again in the New Testament, throughout the New Testament, and it's used to describe a violent term. It denotes an aggressive driving out or sending out of something or someone. So it has both a negative and a positive in terms of its usage, ekbalo. Strong's exhaustive con- concordance, actually this is a man's name, it's not the word we just used, be strong, but his name is strong. Strong's exhaustive, his concordance tells us that ekbalo means to tr- thrust forth violently or forcefully, to drive out, cast out, tear out, extract, and banish with forceful strength. That's why God wants you and me to be strong because there are things we need to to take this action with. He also says to send out, and it's also with force. Send out, bring forth, produce, make gain. And so it's a positive and a negative. Now, as we think about that phrase, the, the strong take it by force. God's word unfolds strategies for us by which to do that. The strong take it by force God's way, not our way. We can't make anything happen supernaturally and spiritually in our own ability. Do you, how many know that? It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's what the word of God says. So I encourage you to hear this word today for your own heart. For whatever you're battling with, whatever the enemy has set in array against you, I urge you uh, to recognize that God is giving you authority to be strong and to take and to do ekbala, ekbalo in your life. Hallelujah. Genesis 1:28 says this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and what? Subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Who does that? The, the people of God. Those he's telling and commanding, be strong because I'm with you. Hallelujah. That's his word to us. Now, let's just, there are many strategies, but let's just picture three of them this morning. And I want to take you there and I want you to open your heart And I would encourage you to jot some notes because you might want to reference this later. And to you who are at home, I want you to know these strategies are in force for you and we are with you and we're believing them with you. Now, here's the first one. Drive out the demonic forces. Ekbalo. Ekbalo is mentioned multiple times in scripture and most of them, many of them have to do with dealing with with the activity of demons and the demonic, the supernatural realm. You've heard it said before, but I am this morning pressed to remind all of us what we have been going through and our nation is going through, in fact, our world is going through, can be best described as spiritual warfare. We are engaged for the battle of our lives because we are followers of Jesus Christ. This means the forceful and aggressive driving out of demons. 
and the activity of demon forces and the influence and the plans and the strategies of the demonic. And as I said, it's used more in relation to driving out demons than anything in the New Testament. You see, this points up the importance of confronting demonic activity as an important role of the church. It is a part of the ministry assignment that God has given us. It comes with the commission of being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our friends in other countries and in other cultures have much more experience than we here in America do with regard to this. And yet the enemy somehow has been able to suddenly come in and clothe himself as as a wolf in sheep's clothing or as an angel of light. And there are many Christians today that are duped and disillusioned in thinking what is going on is merely a coincidence when rather it is a frontal attack of the enemy himself who is against you and wants to steal from you and rob from you and to destroy you because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Robert, Dr. Robert Jeffress, over 11 years ago, wrote a book on the world of demons. I realize there are people that take this to the extreme when they talk about the demonic. But you see, as a Christian, we can go to two extremes. We can minimize it and ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. Or we can attribute everything to demons. And both are wrong, according to the scripture. You see, the Bible teaches us that demons are more than just forces or concepts. They are real beings. They are spirit beings. Are you hearing me? Jesus himself said, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. And the Bible says a third of the angelic host followed him and betrayed God and defected and followed after Satan. There is a spiritual army led by Satan himself. We know this because Jesus interacted with demons throughout his ministry here on earth when he was on this earth. One of the most famous encounters with demons that Jesus had is found in Luke chapter 8. Let's just spend a couple of minutes with that particular passage. Because this passage helps us see that demons are not just a force or some concept or some figment of imagination. They are real spirit beings. Here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 8. When he came out unto the land, he was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons, who had not put on any clothing for a long time and was not living in a house, but in the tombs. Seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, what business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. They, are, they were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. Now there was a herd of many swine feeding there on the mountain. And the demons implored him to permit them to enter the swine. He gave them permission. And the demons came out, Ekbala, of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Now, let's notice this passage a little bit for a minute or two because it teaches us about the personality of demons. I said they are real beings. First of all, demons are intelligent beings. Notice that. No, they're not just some dumb floating uh, idea in the atmosphere. They are, they are aware of what's going on around them. They are not 
uh, omniscient. They don't know all, but they can observe and participate, if allowed, into wherever they are, into the environment. And here's, listen to this. When they saw Jesus, they shouted out, Jesus, son of the most high God. They knew who he was. That's intelligence. Please get away from us, in other words. Isn't it interesting that demons many times know more than seminary professors today? They knew who Jesus is. In fact, some of the greatest professions about Jesus Christ, the son of the most high God, comes out of the mouth and the voice of demons. It ought to be coming out of our mouth. It ought to be coming with our voice. Amen? Demons knew exactly who Jesus was, so they possessed intelligence. Secondly, demons experience emotions. In this uh, case, they had great fear about being cast into the abyss. And so they wanted, uh, that's a confinement for demons. They won't get out of there. And so they have emotions. Number three, demons have desire, or in the, in, 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 to put it in our understanding, will. They willed something. They wanted something. They asked him, put us in those swine instead of in the abyss. And so Jesus granted their request, their desire. Finally, demons have names like you do. We don't know their name. I don't want to know their names. But Jesus knew. And there are times in the spirit realm that you will know. But demons have names. This, this demon was named Legion. And in, in, in a military term, that refers to 6,000 soldiers. So, so demons are not just concepts. Demons are not just forces. They are real, intelligent beings with desire or will, with names, and with a satanic purpose to fulfill the will of your arch enemy, none other than the devil himself. So, dear friends who are brothers and sisters of mine, it's time the church realizes this. It's time we wake up out of la-la land. It's time we realize there's a battle going on. But it's also time to be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. And to stand firm in the promises of God, knowing that he who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Blessed be God. We're in a time of intense spiritual warfare right now. Every which way we look, there appears to be demonic activity, even possession. It's in every sphere of our culture of governments, of cultural ideologies, of public thought and private thought, of newscast, of policy, of regions of the world and our country, even in individuals and families. I want you to know it is everywhere you can look, but oh, hallelujah, we are called to invite the presence of the Most High God through the power of the name of Jesus to confront what is going on in our world, yes, even in our family, even in our lives, in this church, and stand together in the name of the Lord and be strong, hallelujah, because the strong take it by force, hallelujah. The strong take it by force. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, God has given us the equipment with which to do it. He's not sending us out there. No, go back to 
Ephesians 6, and I won't have the time to delineate that, but you put on the whole armor of God. You don't just pick and choose, well, I like this hat, I like the shoes, and I'll leave the rest. No, you put it all on. Put the whole armor of God on. Why? That you may be able to withstand, so that you might be able to be strong, so that you might take it, the kingdom, by force. Hallelujah. The armor of God. We do that through prayer. We do that through fasting. We do that through saturating ourselves with the word of God. Oh, my friends, the enemy is no match for the child of God who comes out of a prayer closet, oh, clothed with the anointing of the spirit of God, going into the highways and byways, going wherever the spirit of the Lord leads you, wearing the mantle of the holy anointing of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the, come on, take, take five minutes or five seconds and give praise to the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord together. Glory to God. We bless you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 One of the first things you do when you come out of your prayer closet, you put on the whole armor of God. As you took a look around you and see, because the Spirit will show you, the Holy Spirit will show you the activity of the demonic, the influence of the devil. If you have spiritual eyes on, you can see it in many, many places in America today. Look in your family. Look in your own personal life. Look in this church. Look in your city. See what activity God, the devil is doing there. Look at this state, look at this nation, look in the White House, look in the Supreme Court, look in the Senate, look in the Congress. Are you hearing me this morning, church? Put the eyes of the Spirit on and then begin to engage wherever you can in these. In a local setting, show up at city council meetings when you can. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to get up and talk. But you can sit there and speak the authoritative name of Jesus over that thing. Show up at school boards. Show up at church. Show up and represent Jesus Christ, the one who is the victor and the conqueror over all things. Hallelujah. This is how Jesus did it. Matthew 8, verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out, ekbalo, the spirits. With what? With a word. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. With a word. And healed all who were sick. I want you not to miss that. He, what did Jesus, he, he cast them out with a word. Your words carry weight. There's power in your words, especially when your words are anointed. But even more especially when the word you speak is a name. And that word is Jesus. 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 Speak that name over your family. Speak that name over your church. Speak that name over this city. Speak that name over this country. 
Speak that name over Congress, over the Senate, over the Supreme Court, over the presidential office, over the president and the vice president. I, I encourage you. I call you. Speak the name of Jesus. You can do it with a word. And demons tremble. They must flee at the power and the authoritative name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be God. It's time for the church to get engaged again. That Wednesday night prayer, Pastor Josh, I bless you and I believe this is ordered of the Lord. Get in that. Don't you dare stay home and watch TV. Turn that thing off and get in here and pray. Get in here and seek God. Get clothed with the anointing of God. Oh, friends, there's such power in anointed prayer. Yes, even over nations even over international affairs. Some of you may have heard the story told by the late Derek Prince. I always enjoyed reading his material. I know there were some who questioned some of his theology, especially when he had people barfing up demons in bags. And, but I, I'm just going to leave that and, and put that in God's hands. I, I was in meetings. I had the privilege of uh, flying up to Kansas City and being in a whole week of meetings when he and some others were teaching. And I was just so blessed and inspired from what he shared from the insights in the word and from stories he told. Many years ago, he was a pastor in UK, in, the, in Great Britain. And this was the time when Stalin was a ruler in Russia and the Soviet Union, actually. And it was massive, as you know. And there were literally hundreds of thousands of people that had been put to death because of the word of that man, Stalin. Many thousands of them were Jewish people. And Derek Prince said, as a pastor, I was praying one day, and God, I just could the, the Spirit just pressed on me to pray for uh, God's dealing with Stalin and to, to spare the lives of the Jewish people. And others that were actually being put to death because of the edict of this man and his wickedness and evil. And so he was prompted to call the church to prayer, and they, they responded. And I don't know for how long they prayed, but they fasted and they prayed and they interceded for that specific, and they spoke the name of Jesus over Joseph Stalin and the power of Jesus over Joseph Stalin. And he tells the story that within two weeks after they began that intercessory prayer and constantly bombarding heaven and calling on God, Joseph Stalin had a cerebral hemorrhage. He was 73 years old. That's not an old man. And try as they made every medical professional and specialist in all of the Soviet Union could do nothing to help that man. And he died. And he was taken off of the scene. Now, are you saying, Pastor, that God killed him? Well, you just fill in the blanks. I just know this, that when God's people begin to pray, and what's going on in America with all of the teaching and the Marxism and the socialism and the crazy nonsense they're trying to brainwash our children with in our schools and in the universities. I want you to know there's someone who has more power than all of that and his name is Jesus Christ and as a child of God I, I urge you, I call on you, begin to speak that name over it and we'll see the tide turn. There'll be revival in the land and the hearts of the people will come back to Jesus Christ. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. When Jesus was presented with demon possession, he did not tolerate it. He drove them out violently, forcefully, because the strong take it by force. And likewise, we're being called on in this hour to take back what the enemy has stolen, what God has given. When we see demonic activity or oppression, whether it's a person or a region, we must not tolerate it a moment longer. We must move to action. And that word again is Jesus. Matthew 9, 33 says, when the demon was cast out, Ekbalo, the deaf, the mute man spoke and the crowds were amazed. They said, this never happened. This has never been seen in Israel. <laughs> There's something about when the power of Jesus comes and what has been silenced by demonic activity is suddenly broken and you are able to speak. Has he silenced you? Have you been mute? It's time for the authority of the name of Jesus to be unleashed in our lives. And there's a time to speak, yes, and there's a time to be silent. Matthew 10, verse 7, verse 7, sorry, verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out. There's that positive side, ekbalo, sending out with a purpose, forcefully. Verse 7, as you go preach, that's what I'm doing. What do you preach? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The authority of God is near. The rule and the reign of the most high God has not been dissipated. The kingdom. Verse 8 says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out Ekbalo, demons, freely you have received, freely give. This is part of our commission. I said, this is part of your commission as a follower of Jesus Christ. So deal with and cast out demonic activity by the authority God gives you. I must share a couple more and I'll be more brief with these. Here's the second thing, our strategy of uh, how we are to take by force in strength that comes from our walk with God. Cast out the bondwoman. Yes, that phrase is used there. Ekbalo is mentioned in Galatians 4, verse 30. It says, we brothers like Isaac are the children of promise. That's what you are. You're a child of promise. Amen? Just look over to your neighbor and say, I'm a child of promise. But now look at his next phrase. But as it was then, he who was born after the flesh persecuted him who was born after the spirit. So it is now also. We're dealing with the same spirit and spirit activity that was present then. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out, ekbalo, the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Now, how does this strategy relate to Ekbalo? You see, the bondwoman here 
with her son uh, refer references Hagar, her son Ishmael. This is the product of flesh. This is the product of man's ingenuity. Remember, uh, Abraham compromised on the promise God had given him. So he tries to bring about the fulfillment of that promise in his own way, with his own strategy, in his own doing. And today we have a similar bondwoman seducing the hearts and the minds of God's sons and daughters in the church. He said, as it was then, it's still going on. Are you hearing me? And what this represents is an alternate Christianity. It's rampant in our times. Some call it progressive Christianity. And this alternate Christianity brings all kinds of idols of thought that are unbiblical. It's interpretation of scripture that is totally erroneous and it is false. There are even doctrines of devils that are being taught, speaking of the activity of demons that are now a part of what is a so-called church, a place of so-called worship. They are rampant in not believing the deity of Jesus Christ. There is a perverted grace that is being taught and propagated. You can live any way you want to. After all, you're saved by grace. You can just live in sin all you want because you're saved by grace. They're not reading the Bible all the way through. They're not getting into the scriptures. There's a cultural, extra-biblical uh, ideology that is infiltrating the church. You see it everywhere. And it's creating a mixture in the body of Christ. And there are people that are buying into it. Views and attitudes regarding the uh, LGBTQ or whatever and however many letters there are in all of that, uh, it's, it's now accepted in many places. And you are the bigot and you are the strange one if you believe otherwise. May I tell you, friends, this is antithesis to the truth of the word of God. This is exactly opposite of the word of God. I'm calling us today to remember who we are in this hour. Compromise can never be accepted or entertained by a child of God. You cast out the bondwoman of slavery and bondage, which represents compromise. Don't tolerate those lines of thinking that question the foundation of the scriptures. Don't tolerate it a minute. This is the word of God and all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for instruction, for reproof, for correction, and so on in righteousness. Hallelujah. It is the word of the everlasting God. It is the word of God and we base our faith upon it. Our faith comes from it. Faith comes from, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's calling us to cast out the bondwoman. Cast out, ekbalo. Do not accommodate or engage with her idolatrous thinking. Separate yourself from those who are falling into this trap. Call out these demonic ideologies. What is this, pastor? It's a call to holiness. It's a call to walk holy. Be you holy because I'm holy, God said. There's no room for compromise in these last days. That trumpet is just about to sound. You've got to be ready. No compromise. 
Proverbs 25, verse 26, like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. But, oh, God wants it to be like this. Psalm 119, verse 3, they do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's number three. Send out the harvesters. Ekbalo, same word. It's mentioned again by Jesus in Matthew 9, verse 38. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out, ekbalo, workers into the harvest. Oh, thank God for this Saturday and next week, the outreach. We've got to go beyond these walls. We've got to get into the community. Oh, hallelujah. A farmer will tell you when Jesus uses the phrase, fields are white to harvest, in John 4, verse 35, he's, he's, he's actually saying that once that grain turns white, it's almost past the harvest. It's past, it's, it's, re, it's at the apex of its ripeness. Much longer and it will fall to the ground and be lost. It will spoil. The harvesters have a limited time to bring in the harvest before it spoils. And the fact that Jesus used the term ekbalo here tells us we need to send out a mass, a, a mass casting forth of harvesters who will go with urgency. Remember the kingdom of heaven forcefully advances and the strong take it by force. Yes, there are other things they'd rather do. Yes, there are other things that are more convenient, but they know that the grain is ripe. It's about to fall. We must get it in before it's lost. The harvest is almost finished. The hour is short. And so when we read this and we see these strategies, we realize that the harvest is what it all comes down to. The casting out or driving out of the demonic, the driving out of the bondwoman and any compromising spirit, it's all part of the essential story of bringing in the harvest of souls, having our lives in alignment with the purpose of God for these last days to win the lost and bring in people Jesus died for. So many people now are receptive to the gospel. It's amazing. People know, even in their spirit, even if they're not theological, they're not in church, there's something in every man and woman's spirit that's telling them, this is different. Something's going on. And there's an awakening. There's a stirring. Friends, this is the time for, first at Firewheel, to put it in another gear for reaching out with people who are far from God and, and weep over the lost, weep with Jesus over those who are ready to be harvested and give yourself and myself to reaching them. It's time for the harvest. It's time we refocus our prayers. Yes, pray for those who are sick. Pray for needs. Pray for wisdom and all of that. But it's time that we include, oh God, how can you use me? God, send me. God, God, show me how to reach someone. 
God, help me to be the reason somebody goes to heaven. Help me be your witness. Show me how I can bring in your harvest today. And so I urge you, keep your eyes open for unique opportunities. Don't, don't minimize what he can do in your life day after day. I believe God wants to use you in a powerful way. And he can use you to snatch a soul from the darkness. Yes, he can. Don't minimize that. Don't let the enemy tell you he, that God can't. Yes, with your simple testimony, with what Jesus has done and is doing in your life, he can use you. He will use you. And When you pray this simple prayer, then stay alert and stay open because God's going to arrange divine appointments for you. He'll do it. It never fails. And I want to encourage you also to pray that the Lord will send more and more harvesters in these last days. I want you to pray, church, also that, that God will touch the hearts of men and women, young men and women, but never mind the age, about the call of God, being called into the ministry. Yes, even full-time ministry. I would encourage you to include that in your prayer, that God will raise them up and that they'll say, yes, maybe they've planned to go to a university. Maybe they've planned a career in some specialty. But when the Spirit of God comes in, I know that's what happened to me. I was planning to go into a field that my dear brother and friend, Pastor Elliot knows much about architecture. I loved it. And I was going to a, a university in Beaumont, Texas. And my, my dad had invited an evangelist to our church, Hilton Sutton. And oh my goodness, the Spirit of God, we went seven weeks. Only took Saturday for a break. So many people came to Christ. It was in that series of services the Holy Spirit totally transformed, revolutionized my life, turned me wrong side out. He will still do that. Amen? So include that in your prayer. I want to conclude with this promise. It's found in Matthew 12, verse 20. Ekbalo is mentioned there again. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not quench until he leads, Ekbalo, he leads. That's with the forceful influence of Jesus in your life, until he leads justice to victory. What is that saying? It's saying it's a beautiful picture of the faithfulness of God. I don't know what you're going through right now, but a bruised reed, a smoking flax, just know that the Father delights in doing good for you. The Father delights in helping you. The Father delights in coming alongside you. The Father delights in ministering to you at your point of need. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Come on, stand with me, please. Ekbalo, be strong in the Lord. The strong take it by force. Hallelujah. It's time to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Well, come on, get in this altar right now. Come on down here. Let's come together. Let's just, let's just close out this meeting together around the altar this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah.